Now I'm going to invite Joe to come on up and uh, more formally uh, welcome Joe and his, his wife Amber, who's here with him uh, as well. We're grateful to have you in our midst. So Joe, in a moment, can introduce himself a little better and, and share a little bit about uh, some of his chaplaincy work before uh, giving their, our message this morning. But uh, Joe was most recently uh, pastoring in, in Chester before taking on the, the, the full-time chaplaincy position here at the Halifax Hospitals after uh, the retirement of, uh, of Adele, who served there many years, and many of those who had spent any time in hospital would have met. And uh, so he hasn't had the chance yet to maybe connect with as many of the, the churches in Halifax. And so we're glad to, to provide that opportunity. We're glad to hear about the work that is being done. And, and we recognize, especially through these last couple of years, how, uh, how important that work has been. Certainly for me, it was so, so helpful to be able to get information and, and give referrals to our, our chaplains because hospital access was sometimes extremely restricted, sometimes it was a little bit in between, and even just finding out what do I need to do to be able to go in from our chaplains was helpful, or can you please go check on this person? And so uh, that, the value of that ministry has always been great, but through the pandemic was especially so. And so I will uh, yeah, just welcome Joe and uh, let him uh, speak to us. Well, thank you, Borden. It's great to be here again. Uh, and Borden, you are right. Uh, Haruba, that's the mouthful. The Halifax Region United Baptist Association. I like to call it Haruba uh, because uh, I am getting to know uh, uh, the broader constituency, the communities that support uh, the Halifax Chaplaincy. Uh, and you don't probably know that you've already supported me, not only in chaplaincy, but I've been here before over in that room. Uh, I was a student uh, when I was doing my training. Uh, Dr. Craig Evans uh, taught us New Testament over in that room next door. And so you've already contributed to me and ministry and my formation as a pastor and now as a chaplain. And so I'm grateful for this church uh, and grateful for your support. Borden said uh, that I could have a couple minutes just to tell you about a little bit about the chaplaincy. Probably some of it you already know about the, the kind of major places that we're at. Uh, all of it's called the QE2 Health and Sciences Center. Uh, we're uh, primarily at the infirmary, the Halifax Infirmary on Summer Street or Roby Street, however you enter. Uh, but we're also at the Victoria General. Uh, but there's other little sites that we uh, attend, the rehab, Nova Scotia Rehab, uh, we're, on, we're in Abbey J. Lane from time to time. We're in the Veterans Building from time to time helping with transitions and geriatric care. Uh, and myself and my colleague, the Reverend Dr. Ida Armstrong-Whitehouse, uh, we, uh, we kind of tag team on those different sites during the week. Um, we're supported by Haruba, but also 44 other churches and four other associations in our province and organizations like the Baptist Foundation and the Atlantic Baptist Women. It's been a 60-plus year ministry of chaplaincy that churches in the Halifax region have come together to give Monday through Friday coverage uh, to patients and families who are in need. And it's fitting that we're here on CBAC Sunday because 
for every dollar that is given to ho hospital chaplaincy and support, 98%. So 98 cents of every dollar goes right to frontline ministry. And that's in large part because of our partnership with the CBAC, because they provide a lot of overhead uh, for, to manage our costs uh, as an organization. Um, some people ask me, who do you see? We see people at very critical parts of their lives and their journeys. Could be the end of life, could be pre or post surgery, uh, and for many people, could be as they are transitioning from home into long-term care. And we provide support for patients, their families, and little less known is we provide support for staff, uh, because as you probably can experience and as you probably know people in healthcare, there's a weariness, a tiredness uh, that people are feeling on both sides of the bed today. A couple things that I will just leave with you before we get into the message today is sometimes when you uh, may enter into healthcare for the first time, you might be asked, hopefully you'll be asked, uh, if you have a religious affiliation. And it's at that time where you could bring out the Baptist card, right, and say, I'm a Baptist, uh, and that's how we will find you. Uh, if we, the list that we print off every morning are a list of those people who have identified as Baptists, uh, and then those are the people that we see on a, on a daily basis. Um, but I want to leave you with this. I, I didn't realize that I was, I'm not a mathematician, I, I, but I've been really interested in statistics of late. And one of the things that I've realized is that 70 plus percent of the people that we see on a day-to-day -day basis who have identified as Baptists don't have a church family. And, and so I'm more keenly aware than ever that there's all kinds of people that come into healthcare from the Sackville area that are your neighbors, that are your friends, who identify as Baptists, uh, but for whatever reason, haven't yet found a place to lay their, their head in a Baptist family home, all right? And so uh, just a word of encouragement that there are a number of people in our very own neighborhood right here uh, that we could be reaching out to. My scripture uh, and title of my message today is Our Banner in the Battle. Not too long ago, people had their eyes fixed to the top of Buckingham Palace. Maybe you were one of those watchers. Actually, it is a common occurrence in London to look for a banner to be raised. Not unlike where, when we look maybe to the Peace Tower in Ottawa as that our flag goes up and down from time to time. But people were attentive not too long ago to the flag, the royal standard. A few months earlier, in the Jubilee celebrations, if you might recall, uh, there were times where they were looking for the royal standard uh, to, to be flown over Buckingham Palace because it signifies in that context that the monarch is present. Re more recently, as people were watching, as the flag, the royal standard, moved to half-mast, it told their, the nation, the British Kingdom, and the world that the monarch, Queen Elizabeth, had died. 
Reverence is often given to banners. Our neighbors to the south sing about a star-spangled one. At Remembrance Day, not too far from now, we'll see a color party. And over the years, as I've been uh, engaged with legions and uh, in the Remembrance Day ceremonies, there's a particular order and significance to the color party. If you are like me, uh, I really enjoy watching historical films and old kind of uh, uh, medieval kind of uh, films and whatnot. You might remember a battle scene and you might remember that oftentimes the, conveniently the, the, the king or the monarch will sit in the rear of the, of the battle up on top of the hill. But usually when those scenes you'll see uh, some banners some banner bearers, and they are oftentimes giving signals, signals to those who are on the front who are fighting the battle. Sometimes it's often for morale. If the banner is seen, the battle, the battle continues. If it retreats, so does the battle. As I was reflecting on this this week in light of the, the scripture that I'm about to read, it reminded me of a couple things. The banner tells me who is present, and the banner tells me that in their presence, I can be helped in the battle. I want to invite you to stand as we read the scripture today. Stand if you are able. reading from Exodus 17, verses 8 through 13. Hear the words of the Lord. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, Come, choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. And so Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. And so Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. You know, we meet the people of God here in the wilderness of the Sinai region. God has rescued them. He has delivered them out of Egypt into the unknown. And they are in the midst of learning to trust him. It's taken some time, by the way, and it will take some more. Realizing that they will die without water, if you look a little bit ahead, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, you might glance up the page a little bit to verse 3 where they question Moses and they ask, why did you bring us here? To die? 
We need some water. It's not the first time, nor will it be the last, that Moses and God responds to these people. But if your eyes do drift up on the page, at God's instruction, Moses takes the staff and strikes a rock, and the people are delivered yet again. And now we find them in Rephidim, which, as I was reading this week, is in a valley. It is kind of an oasis, if you can imagine an oasis in the midst of the desert. And so you can imagine in a particular oasis, part of of a desert, their new neighbors, the, the Amalekites, who are descendants of Isaac through Esau, here they may have some issue with these newcomers coming in amongst them. It's not unlike uh, the reason why Abraham and Lot needed to separate, if you remember that story in the Bible. This oasis cannot contain or maintain or sustain two groups of people at the same time. But unlike Abraham and Lot, who part ways via kind of a a negotiation, the Amalekites, we are told, and we're told in Deuteronomy, they are picking off the weak of the people of God. And now they are face to face on the battlefield. Moses goes to the top of the hill and again holds out this staff and he is aided by the fellow leaders as Joshua leads them to victory. Now, part of my confession to you this morning, I have over the number of the last couple of decades have started to grow into kind of a a growing pacifist. My reaction is to lean into, in times of conflict, more of the Abraham and Lot kind of posture. I know that that's an easy position to take. I live in relative comfort. I don't know war and haven't known it. But I'm drawn to this passage today. I'm drawn not to the, to the boom and the bang, but for the way it speaks into everyday kind of battles. We all have some kind of battle. When I pastored, it would often be how to fight to save a marriage, the struggle to put food on the table, raising children in a very changing world, or the difficulty of a workplace or a boss. In my ministry of chaplaincy, the battles are different. Folks fighting for life. This week I was with a family whose loved one was fighting that good fight. The body desires, is designed for life. And the heart and lungs were doing all that they could. I was with another person this week who was living and is living with cancer. A different kind of battle. Another who questioned why they should even be alive. As I reflect on the everyday and the medical and the health battles people face, For me, as I read this passage, I'm reminded of some touch points for encouragement and for formation for us all. 
There are three kind of passing references that I just want to turn your attention to in our text. The first of which is Moses stating in verse 9, if you have your Bibles there, he says that he'll stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in his hand. Unlike with the water at Meribah just before this, this passage, Moses isn't instructed to take the staff, but he does so anyways. As I came to that part, I was thinking, why does he take up that staff? In, in the, with the water, he's instructed to take it, but here he, he, it's like an instinct. He goes and grabs the staff as he heads to the top of this hill. I might be just merely speculating about this this morning. I hope you give me some liberty to do that. But the staff has been used by God to symbolize his presence, his power, and his promise. It's been used in front of Pharaoh that he might understand that he needed to let his people go. It's been used at the Red Sea when the waters parted and the people walked on dry land. This staff, just holding it, likely reminded Moses, at least in my mind, of God's faithfulness, of his steadfast love in the past, and bringing this all to mind in the present. Reminds me of King David as a shepherd boy, as he walks in front of Goliath, who likely remembers the lion and the bear. Faith for David, faith for Moses is a journey. Faith for us is that same journey. We need to recall God's hand in our past as we face the present battles. I had a person this week recall three close calls in their life. As they were trying to make sense of their present health situation, they went back into the past to remember three close calls that God had got him through. That God's goodness could be seen even in the midst of his present struggle. Have we written down our testimony, those moments where God has seen us through? Do we meditate on God's past goodness and his past goodness and mercy to revive us and encourage us in our present? The second passing reference is Moses. as He has the, the staff in his hand but as we hear, it doesn't guarantee victory. In verse 12, it says that he grew weary. Others took a stone and put it under him, aided him by lifting up his hands. You know, I, I could, this, this passage, this part could really preach. We could talk about a firm foundation. We could talk about the solid rock. We could talk about the chief cornerstone all of which are true. But what struck me as I read it this time was the help of others who came and helped lift him up as he grew weary in the battle. Even as we hold on to our faith in God's presence, his power, and his promise, we also are lifted up by others who know him, who have seen him, 
who have been lifted up by him. God places us in community, in church, to to build us up, as Paul says. It is grounding, it is motivating to know that we aren't alone in a battle. Daily, every single day that I come into the hospital, that I come alongside someone's bed, someone will undoubtedly tell me, will express how important family, friends, community, church, not alone all of the healthcare workers that are helping them, how much that means in their encouragement. You don't have to be a professional. You, you don't have to be Aaron. You could be her in this passage where we could be responding, seeing and responding of someone in the midst of their struggle and coming alongside of them. That's the river of life that could flow out of us because it reminds people in the midst of a battle that they are not alone, that God is with them. Whose battle are you willing to enter into to support and encourage, to help lift their arms, to remind them of God's presence and the river of life that flows out of us. There's so much to say about this, this simple passage. When I was a pastor, I would say there's always stuff on the cutting room floor. There's things that you can't put into a message We could talk about Joshua here because this is the first time he's mentioned in the Bible and who he points to and reminds us of. His name, Joshua, means God is our help. God will deliver. God saves us. But I want to conclude with some final thoughts to verse 15. You'll say, what? Verse 15, you stopped at 13. Yeah, well, if you keep on reading, verse 15 says some more. We didn't read it. But it says, after the battle was over, Moses came and built an altar. And he named this altar, the Lord is my banner. Apparently, victory has been won. And Moses goes back to the one who is of first importance for him. The altar, as we read through the book of the Old Testament, we we understand that the altar is a central place in the life of God's people. It is a place of meeting, a place of encounter, where they can come and encounter the God who rescues The heart of the Torah, the the five books of Moses, is a book called Leviticus. It's probably the least read book in the Torah. But in this book of the Bible, it it is a teaching of how to prepare, how to be ready to meet and encounter God. This altar that they seek to meet God at, is given a name. The Lord Yahweh is my banner. He is the monarch. He is the one our eyes are lifted to. He is present. 
and my motivation in the midst of all the battles we face. Our banner is a person who is present. As I was reading this week, I was directed in my reading to Isaiah chapter 11. Isaiah chapter 11, you might know this, sometimes it's read around Remembrance Day. You know the passage, the wolf will lie down with the lamb, the leopard with the kid, the cow and the bear shall graze together. But at the start of Isaiah chapter 11, there is a, 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 a word for us, a word that we're to look for. It says there that the image for us to look for is a shoot out of the stump of Jesse will appear. And then in Isaiah chapter 11 and verses 10 and 12, Isaiah says that out of this root of Jesse, it will be like a banner to all the peoples and the nations. Friends, Jesus is that banner. He was high and lifted up. His suffering, his suffering reminds us that in our suffering, we have someone who knows our pain. Through him, we can claim victory over the enemy. John, Jesus said, as John chapter 12, verse 32 says, he said, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. An old favorite hymn says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his wonder and grace. The Lord is our banner. In whatever we face, we are not alone. He is with us. May the river of life flow out of you. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, from the thick of our own battle, we lift our eyes to you on a hill with your arms outstretched to save us. Your banner over us is love. We belong to you, Lord. And with gratitude, we receive your saving help today. Amen.